emergency. There are ushers at the back that know exactly how to take care of you. And there are restroom facilities and water and all of that at the end of the auditorium, both ends. Uh, let's pray as we talk about the power of the gospel or the gospel's power, the power of the Word of God. This entire psalm is a word psalm. It's a word chapter. It talks, but nothing but about the Bible, the power of God's Word. I've been up most of the morning reading this chapter and reading through these verses and letting them just soak in my spirit. And every time I read it, I get another outline. I get another thought. I see another philosophy. I see another power. So let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for salvation that came our way because of the blood of Jesus. And this morning I pray, God, you'll help us. Every one of us anoint the ear to hear as well as the tongue to speak. And God will certainly uh, give you all credit, all glory, and all honor when it's said and done because it will be evident. If anything happens here spiritually, it will be evident that the Lord done it. And it will not be me, it will not be us, it will be Him. And we thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. I fell under conviction on a Friday afternoon on Broad Street, right next door to Curtis Baptist Church in the old Richards Buick building. A guy who worked there came up to me and quoted to me some prophetic verses and utterances out of the book of 1 Thessalonians. He walked up to me, caught me by surprise, and said, The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And I mean, this guy was preaching without a pulpit. He said, and, 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 and He'll descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. He said, The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He grabbed my hand and shook it and walked off. That night, I went to the favorite watering hole of sinners. I went to the favorite place where we hung out, where we called ourselves living, where we called ourselves having a good time, where we called ourselves socializing. Wasn't anything in the world but lost people getting together in their misery and duplicating it. <laughs> I went to that place and stayed there till after midnight, about to lose family, marriage on the rocks, about to lose it all. And I could not get off of my mind what that man told me that day. The lights were dimmed. The band was playing. The strobe lights were all over the building. Everybody was there as usual. But all I could hear, I didn't hear what the rock star was singing. I didn't hear what the waitress was talking about. All I could hear was the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. 
I went to church on Sunday, and a little wiry preacher from Metter, Georgia, got up and preached the gospel, and he ran back and threw that 40-foot finger as far as he could throw it, and said, Verily, verily, except a man be born again, he shall not see or enter the kingdom of God. Lord, I didn't know what verily meant. All I could hear was the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. That's all I could come up with. That's all I could hear in my mind was those verses that man quoted. This is Sunday. You would think a sinner could shake them in 48 hours. Then I went home and I tried to eat and I couldn't eat. I said, Diane, what does verily mean? She said, you act like I know. She said, you've been to church more than I have. I'd been four times. I thought I was a veteran at it by now. She said, I don't know. I said, what is born again? She said, I don't know that either. She said, why? I said, that's what that. She was with me, but it didn't, it didn't hit her like it did me because that guy had saddled me up and rode me hard on Friday. The Lord Himself shall descend. And verily, I said, we're going back tonight and find out what they're talking about. She said, God, help us. We haven't been at all, and we're going twice in one day. Can't we spread it out a little bit? I said, we're going back tonight. I put on the same clothes. And so she did she. She didn't have but one dress, and it was about that high. And we went to church. I know what it's like. To be on the other side of this pulpit. I know what it's like to sit in the congregation and not know what it means, but know that God's after you. To know that His love will not let you go to hell. His compassion will not fail you. And His power is present in the house. I haven't always been on this side. I sat in ignorance and unbelief. But just like you, I did not know. I went back that night, and as God would have it, He preached on the same blessed verses. He just ran back. I found out later. He didn't have but just seven sermons, and He would just run them back through. But He seen that one got on me so much, He said, I'll run it back through early. And I walked down the aisle, down the middle aisle, down the center aisle, and knelt at the Lord's Supper table and was saved. I owe my life to six verses of Scripture. (laughs) I didn't get saved because I recognized my position before God. I didn't get saved because I saw myself dangling out over the fires of hell. I got saved because God's dynamite was thrown into my soul, lit, and it exploded in conviction. The Word of God. I can't give you this now. I don't have time to give you this like I'd like to, so I'm just going to talk to you about the power that Word will go into a discotheque. That world will go into a beer joint. 
That Word will compete with a rock star. That Word, that Word, the dynamics of that Word will outdo, outsound, and outbeam every other voice when God speaks it to your heart personally. I want you to look with me, first of all, at its... Now, listen to me. Let me give you this proposition. Every one of us ought to cry out to God for Him to give us His Word. And we ought to pray for that Word. And we ought to do it because of the benefits of this book. I want you to see the first one. It is a revealing power. It will reveal. Look at verses 33, 34, and 35. He says, Teach me, O Lord, thee. Everybody say that with me. Thee. Say it. Thee. That is the only. Thee. Not a, but thee. Not theirs. Thee. Not mine, but the way of thy statutes. And I will keep it unto the end. Give me understanding. And I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments. I want you to see the revealing power of God's Word. And it reveals three things. Let me give them to you quickly. Write them down in the margin of your Bible. Number one, it reveals the way we should go. I'm glad this morning I'm not just walking along in happenstance. I'm glad I'm not just walking along needing a fortune teller to tell me what I need to do. I don't have to memorize or collect 900 numbers. I do not have to go somewhere and trust a crystal ball. I do not have to go to Ann Landers or the Horrible Scope in the newspaper to find out what I need to do tomorrow because I have within my possession God's mind on paper and it tells you Verse number 33, it tells you the way that we should go. Every daddy in this building ought to have your ears perked up. Every father in this building ought to have your ears perked up. Every uh, dad, every husband, every grandfather, every leader of every household should hear this and hear it clearly. When a decision needs to be made in which direction your household will go, God Almighty ought to take you to His Word. And you ought to go there and find out it tells you the way that you should go. Thank God in this church, I do not have the mentality to operate it. I do not have the wisdom to keep it going. Some of you may think, I do. But if that's the case, I have you fooled. I do not know how, what, when, or where most of the time. But I do have a source that I can go to and I can hear a voice from on high say to me what I need to hear to tell this church which way it ought to go. It's not my word or thy word. It's his word. Somebody give him praise and glory. He tells us which way we ought to go. 
when I started, I, I, I try not to stop because I want to keep going. But when I first started over here and we started preaching, somebody said, how did you know where to go and start over here? There's not a Baptist church from Georgia Avenue to I-20. There's not but about three or four Baptist churches in the city that, that preach a gospel message, that are preaching Bible-preaching churches uh, in this area. Now, there's a lot of them that are religious institutions, and a lot of them are supporters for steeples. I'm talking about having something in it that's worth taking out of it. And when God sent me over here, somebody said, some of the men said, are, are you sure that's where we ought to go? I said, all I can tell you is that's all God's shown me. They said, if that's all God's shown you, it's a one-way situation. Let's go. I had men I thought never did pray. I thought never did give. I thought never did care. They stepped out with me on nothing and stood there beside me and said, Preacher, if you feel like that's the way we ought to go, let's go. And thank God I'm glad to know God didn't let none of us down. Number two, it shows us the wisdom we should show. It tells us the way we ought to go and the wisdom we should show. Look at verse 34. Give me understanding. Say that with me, everybody out loud. Give me understanding. Listen, God will show you where you need to go in certain issues and in certain directions. But that's not enough. You need understanding along the way in order to grip and in order to grasp what he's going to say next. Notice the third one. The way we should go, the wisdom we should show, and then the will we should know. Look at verse 35. Make me to go in the path of thy commandment. Now that make me to go is a statement that is akin to a captain standing at a, at a, at a wheel in control of the rudder of a ship, and he can take it wherever he wants to. And the psalmist says, make me to know. I would like to say today, if God is in it, and God is working through your life, and God is speaking to you, and God is directing your life, I promise you this, He will guide you, and He will provide for you that you'll end up where He wants you to be. I want to ask you a question. Do you see the Bible as a revealing power? Let me ask you a question by way of application. Where would you be today if you had not been found by this book yesterday? I'm 58 years old, soon be 59, and I owe every direction of positive influence to the presence of the Holy Spirit in this book. Number two, not only is it a revealing power, I want you to see it's righteous power. Notice what it says in verse 36. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Underscore the word covetousness. It means to want what others have and to, and to desire what you cannot afford. It's hanging on to something that you lust after. That's what that word means. 
Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. Underline that word vanity. It means emptiness. It means voidness. It means no substance. It means vain or empty. Look at verse number 39. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. I want you to see not only is it a revealing power, this book, this gospel will reveal. Somebody's in here this morning, and the Holy Spirit is telling you you need to listen. You're not saved. You've not trusted Him. You've not walked with Him. You've not been washed in the blood. But the Word of God is saying, Come! Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He's speaking to you. And you're looking at your watch trying to find the nearest exit. Truth of the matter is, He won't quit because you get away once. He's the hound of heaven. Oh! 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 You'll hear Him in the swamp. You'll hear Him on the hillside. You'll hear Him over at the house. You'll hear him down in the meadow. You'll hear him over on the South 40. Oh, oh. If he ever gets to go in one right after another, he's close to you. When the hound of heaven comes at your heels, he will tree you before it's over. Thank, thanks to the power of the revealed word. And then the Righteous power. Oh, see this. I want you to see. This book will help you to stay out of trouble and to keep your heart clean and keep your life right. Stand before God. Stay before God. Shout before God. And be successful before God. Notice what he says. He says it's righteous over covetousness. Verse 36. It will keep you over carnality, verse 37, turn my eyes away from beholding vanity. And it will help you over corruption, verse 39, turn away my reproach which I fear. Now let me ask you a question. Do you actively have a walk in this book that helps you keep your life and it keep you and you walk in it and it keeps you in a measure of cleanliness and holiness and power before God. <laughs> I had a I had an old boy here one time. He drove a truck. He was in the altar squalling one night over here in this, when we was in this fellowship building. I went down there. I said, Lord, what's wrong? He said, it's over. I'm done. It's over. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's been good, preacher, but it's over. I said, what in the world's over? He said, this hurts things over. I just came up here my last time to pray. And and, 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 and I'm going to get up and go. It's over. I said, what in the name of God happened? He said, well, I was in my truck, and I pulled up beside that red light, and lo and behold, here come a woman, she had a dress up to her, uh, up to her, up to her, up to her, up to her, up to her. Up to her. And you know, up to her, I mean, she, she had on one of them shorts. He said, I looked over there and saw her. He said, I turned away. And he said, preacher, I looked back. He said, and I just sat there and looked until the light changed. He said, while I was looking, I felt bad. After I looked, I felt bad. He said, I just come to tell you it's over. I'm gone. I said, no. I said, you can't get out that easy. I said, you think one look 
one look at something you know is wrong, and God don't care any more for you than to cut you loose over one look? I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, we're going to ask God to forgive us, and we're going to get up off this altar, turn around. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, it's going to be done. It's going to be left here, and we're going to get a solution to help you. He preached, you mean to set easy? I said, it is. I said, we're going to leave it right here on this altar. We got up. He said, now what are we going to do? I said, we're going to put two Bibles on the, on the, on the dashboard of that truck. And we're going to open both of them to them ungodly, unclothed verses. Yeah. Them kind that'll help you. And I said, you're going to read them when you don't see one, so that when you do see one, you won't want to see her again. Hello? He said, you know what I found? It's hard to look in them, in them cars when that Bible's open on the dashboard. <laughs> this Bible will keep you from sin. Or sin will keep you from this Bible. But the power of this Word will give you victory over wanting everything. I don't have to have everything everybody else has got. I got what God wants me to have. I don't have to have everything out yonder in substance. I have a home in heaven. Hallelujah. Covetous leads to carnality. Loving things will lead to corruption. But loving this book, God will supply. Somebody help me preach. Would you give God a little bit of praise? Number three, and I'm going to get out of the way and take my seat. Number three, it's, it's reviving power. Look at what it says. It's revealing power. Oh, it revealed to me I was lost, Lance. It revealed to me I was on my way to hell. It revealed to me God loved me. It revealed to me God would take a sinner like me in. I thought I'd gone too far for God to care. But God's blood is stronger than my sin. And it's righteous power. It'll keep you. It not only cleanses you when you fail, but it will keep you from falling. The law, You say, preacher, I'm having a hard time in my Christian life. I want everybody in here who's saved to raise your hand. Look at all the people having a hard time in their Christian life. We all have a problem. We all need to come back to Him more than once or twice. But listen to me, it's not based on your faithfulness to church. It's not based on how much you tithe. It's not, and contrary to opinion, it's not based on how much you come over here and listen. It's based on the power of that book that God put in your hand. And if you'll let that Bible become a part of your spirit, hallelujah, it'll begin to make a... You still won't live perfect, but you'll live a far cry from where you was when you started reading. And then it's reviving power. Notice what he said in verse 37. He says, Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity. There's another verse in the Bible that says, I will set no wicked thing before my eye. He's saying, Lord, my vision's cloudy. I need a tune-up. I need a... Here it is. I need a focus. Then notice what he said. Um, Quicken thou me in thy way. That word quicken 
means to revive, rejuvenate, refire, and restir. He said it twice. Look at verse 40. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Uh, if you're saved, I don't care how, how long you've been in church. I don't care how long you've been a member. I don't care how long you've been baptized. I don't care how long you've been in church. If you're saved, you have an affectionate appreciation for this book. You know how you can tell whether or not you're saved? How do you feel about this book? Well, I'll take it or leave it. You can preach it. I don't care. I really ain't got time. We're going to Lake at church anyway. Matter of fact, I don't even have a Bible. The entrance of thy word giveth light, not the entrance of your boat. Ain't nothing wrong with all that, but there's plenty wrong when this is missing in our lives. And then notice what he said. He said, quicken me in thy way. Every one of us need a quickening in the routine, and we need a quickening in righteousness. Look look at verse 37. He said, Quicken thou me in thy way. I've been saved 36 years. That's a long time to be doing the same thing. It's a routine. A lot of this is routine for me. I came over here this morning out of habit and routine. But God said this, it don't have to be routinely received. He said, I will revive you or quicken you in my way. I come over here every day and preach, or every Sunday and preach. And you come every service and we get to spend the time together. But you know something? The joy of it all and the the the, the, the power of it all is every time it's different because there's a reviving spirit here and there's a rejuvenating spirit in our soul. It's routine. But then in righteousness, he says, quicken me in thy way. And then he says, quicken me in thy righteousness. Every time I come, I am revived to do right. You know, sometimes I go away and fail, but I don't go away wanting to. Every time I come, I get a I get a quickening. Remember, I told you all this story before. How many of you watch the show Cops? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you, bad boy? Now that's my crowd. I mean, I love y'all, but my roots go back to them bad boys. <laughs> I was watching it one night, and they, you know, you know, they, they got they always got two old boys they in the mid teens and and they got they got a little old car sitting all the way down. I mean got wheels on it cost way more than the car. Am I right about it? They got them little gatorback tires on it and and you know, when the car stops, the hubcap's still spinning. I mean they cool. I mean, they cool, they cool. They got ice in the trunk, they cool. I mean they and 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 they ain't got no tag, ain't got no license, got a trunk full of cocaine. And, and, and wonder, why you stop me? <laughs> well, I saw it one night where this old boy took off. And he started running. Well, them policemen, they just hope for that. They really do. They, they, they've been out there drinking coffee all night. Uh, you know, watching hookers walk up and down the street. And they, they've been watching these people fall out drunk out of these, out of these bar rooms. And all of a sudden, somebody runs. They say, whoa! It, it's on now! They probably provoke about half of them. <laughs> oh, tell, tell, never mind. I had a state patrolman tell me one time it was a highlight of his week. 
if he could just get one to run. And and he, and and these old boys, and down a back street, and they they ended up in a cul-de-sac. Bad to be running from the cops and don't know where you're going. And they slide up in the cul-de-sac. You know what the brother does? Bails out the doors on both sides. Whoo, whoo. Well, the cop bails out the car. He's about 275 pounds. And the brother, you know, he's doing chain link fences. I mean, in a single bound, he's a hurdler from the Olympic Games. And Freddie, he's trying to catch up with him. And, and when they did finally catch him, they caught him on a radio. That's cheating. You can't do the brother that way. Get a brother a radio. They get on the radio. He's coming over on Seminole Street. Run over there and get him. Hey, anybody can call for ten more people to come over there. Take some. And all of a sudden, the TV cameras are there when they catch him. Well, they take him back to the car, and there sits old Freddie. He said, can y'all see over there? Old Freddie, he, he leaned up against a chain link fence. And about that time, an ambulance, if you're from the black community, it's an ambulance. An ambulance came up, slid up, and the back doors flew open and super fly. Flies out, little old bitty, scrawny, dried up, I mean weasel, jumps out and he's got a little box in his hand. And they say, something's happened. Freddie done had a heart attack running with all that fat over him. And the weasel pulls this machine out, jumps on Freddie, pulls him out on the ground flat, throws some, I don't know what he throws on them little two little paddles. He rub them clear! Wham! Freddie said, boom! Boom! And, and the little weasel hits him again. Bam! And all of a sudden, I mean, fat moving for two hours. But it comes to. They put him in the ambulance. And the little boy with the paddles, he's walking around, you know, he thinks, he, he thinks he's <laughs> He doesn't revive Freddie. Freddie's in the ambulance. Freddie goes to the hospital. And Freddie lives. You know why? Freddie's been quickened. That's the same word right there for clear. Oh boy, that's bam, boom. I mean, when new life hits a dead fat boy, he's been quickened. And ladies and gentlemen, you take the Old Testament in one hand and the New Testament in the other. Sit down there, Freddy. Sit down and get flat on your back. Yeah. And clear. Boom. 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 Hey! Get on up, Freddy. Sit down. You all right? Mind me to give you half my check this week. Let's stand. Mark, Mark, come back. I'll preach something else when you come. <laughs> Listen, I want to ask you a question. What are you going to do with the power of this dyn- dynamo 
this dynamite. I want to have an invitation this morning to God's people to hold in your trust this wonderful, marvelous, life-changing book called the Bible. These jail preachers will go today and preach in the jailhouses and the incarcerated and the locked down will be freed inside the jail because this book will have been preached. Old people in a nursing home forget about the wheelchair and the rheumatoid arthritis. Because the great physician shows up for a little while and changes their life. How many of you, while Steve's playing, would get out of your seat and say, Thank God and the Lamb forevermore for the Word of God that quickens our heart, our homes, 